0: A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. On News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday, Haley. Happy Saturday.
1: Happy Saturday, Dan.
2: Yeah, living the dream, getting closer to Christmas. Yeah, that is a big one for me. countdown has begun. Yeah, Christmas is my favorite. I love presents. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's the truth. Wow. I'd love to. I and you got
1: on me because I like Easter because of the candy. I and know. you like Christmas because of the presents. I
2: love Christmas for all the reasons we should love Christmas. <laughs> but I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to be that person. Yeah who just acts like well it's not about getting it's about giving mm-hmm. it's about both <laughs> and a big part of getting is
1: there's a balance something that yeah. i focus
2: on right and i don't know what i'm getting this year but i'm already excited and that always scares my family because they know the expectations that i set up yeah the the vision in my head and and that has gone back ever since i mean as far as i can remember my parents were always so frustrated because i would create these visions of this miracle Christmas that was going to happen every year, <laughs>
1: your poor parents,
2: and it's impossible to yeah. meet my expectations. So every year, there's this flicker of disappointment on my face, and yes, and it makes, yet
1: you like Christmas.
2: Well, I always hope <laughs> this is the one. You know, this is the time I really get exactly what I wanted. Now that makes me sound really superficial. Dial that back about 50%, you're probably <laughs> accurate. No, anyway, love this time of year. Love the snow that's happening. Wish it was a little more. Soon I'll wish there was none. But right now, could go for it. Everything about this is fun.
1: Yeah, as long as there's like a slightly white blanket outside, yep. I'm happy. It, it doesn't have to be a ton.
2: Nope.
1: As long as it's white. As
2: long as it's white. Love Christmas. White I Christmas. Love our Christmas contest. Yes. Repcolite, this is our fifth year doing a big Christmas contest. And this is your first one, this
1: Haley. It's my first one and I think it's
2: really good. It is really fun. We're going to talk about it at the end of the show. We're giving away about $1,000 over $1,000 worth yeah, of cool over prizes $1, to one lucky winner. And we're going to tell you how to enter and all of those things. And also, I guess the I, I don't really know how to explain it. I, I guess we should talk very very briefly about what the contest is. Okay. It's a scavenger hunt to some extent. Exactly. A simple one.
1: Because all the stores have different cardboard cutouts visiting them right now.
2: Fun cardboard yes. cutouts. Yes, think
1: the Queen of England. She's
2: there. <laughs>
1: Buddy Hello. the Elf. He's there. We've got Bob Ross in a store. Oh, yeah.
2: And oh, yeah. Got... He's looking good, too. The big afro. <laughs> Love Bob Ross. He's
1: got a little squirrel on his shoulder. <laughs> right.
2: So all of these cutouts are at different stores. Yeah. And then all you need to do is go to RepcoLite.com or RepcoLite's Facebook page, and there's an entry form, and there's 10 questions. Each question corresponds to a store, and basically all it's saying is, the Lakewood store, which cutout is here? You just determine which cutout is at the Lakewood store, store, Mm -hmm. and each one you get right counts as entries into the contest. And the thing that makes this really fun is at the end of the show every week, this radio show, we're giving away three to four hints. This week, it's going to be three more hints.
1: Exactly, because some of our stores are kind of a drive. You know, we've got a Kalamazoo store, we've got a store down in Goshen, Indiana, and you might not take the trek to see the cardboard cutouts they have. We know that. So, we're giving away hints so that you can still have a chance at matching the correct cardboard cutout with their
2: store. All right, and that's coming up later today. If you missed last week's hints, you just need to go to repcolite.com and you can subscribe to the podcast, and then you can listen to last week's. And if you weren't here last week, I guess we should start with where were you? <laughs> I mean, this is where it happens, right? This is where the weekend starts.
1: Yeah, I mean really.
2: Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about the contest. We'll get to all the prizes and stuff like that at the end of the show, like we mentioned. That's just a tip off what's coming. We've got other cool things too. Some paint projects, a stain project actually. Some drier Dryer, dryer what hacks.
1: Oh yeah. Dryer hacks.
2: But good hacks, things not for like the laundry room. Hacks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> things for the laundry room that will be beneficial that you want to know about. Definitely. I was super excited to find out you about one of these. You are
1: very excited about
2: really this. Really excited. Not like I want it for Christmas.
1: <laughs> right. Just to be clear, everyone, yeah, yeah.
2: you do need to be clear because <laughs> because when I get excited about something and I'm overt about it, yeah, I end up getting it for Christmas. And there are very you clearly really want it no for there Christmas? are. I'm like a toy person. I want okay. fun things. Mm-hmm. I don't want underpants. I want underpants, just not for Christmas. I get that. Yeah. Unless they're like amazing underpants. (laughs) But I can't really think what that would be. Anyway, let's get to what we want to start the show with. And that's my hot water heater. We talked about it last week. And I promised that this week we'd talk about some of the maintenance things that we should be possibly doing. Right. To keep them lasting. Yeah, cuz you've
1: gotten really good at cleaning up the water, but yeah, maybe we, let's not clean up water this time.
2: <laughs> right. We got to give everybody a quick scoop on what happened last week that we talked about and all you need to know is I had a 10-year-old hot water heater mm-hmm. that had been gurgling for about 3 to 4 years. Yeah, it really insane. bothered me. But, you know, I asked about it, looked into it, tried some things, didn't seem to really fix the problem, so I just lived with it. It's what we do anyway, the inevitable happened right before Thanksgiving and the hot water heater burst. Filled my basement, half of the basement up with water, and after a bunch of cleanup, yeah. I found now I've got a brand new hot water heater to enjoy. So, we talked last week about what to do in the case of a water emergency, because there are a lot of different tools you want to accumulate as homeowners.
1: Definitely. If you don't have a sump pump, then there's things that you should have in case of any kind of flooding in the basement. You know. If it's heavy rain, if it's the washer, hose bursting, anything like that. right? And got even,
2: water. even if you have a sump pump, some of the times that we'll get rain in our basements is during storms, electricity goes down True. and the sump pumps don't work. And that's where the problem comes in. No so one is
1: immune. No one
2: is immune. <laughs> so that's why we talked about it last week. Now let's talk about some of the things that I could have done and maybe done to prevent this problem in the first place, or at least to be... Yeah, I guess prevent the problem. That was what I was really hoping for. So the plumber who installed it was Mark DeVisser from Great Lakes Plumbing, or the plumber is here, is how a lot of us know them if we see the trucks around. And I told him everything that happened. You know, after the new one was in place, I said, here's what happened. Here's what I was experiencing with it, Mm -hmm. the gurgling. What could I have done different? What can I share with the listeners so that... Anybody in my situation could catch it before it's a problem. Right. And Mark jumped in right off the bat with something that we all know. You know, we've looked online. Anybody who's dug into the whole hot water heater thing, you'll read online that you're supposed to flush it regularly.
1: Right. Yeah. That's the first thing that I read online after I Googled when you texted me that your hot water burst, what can I do to make sure my hot water heater doesn't burst?
2: Right. The idea (laughs) is that sediment builds up and flushing it yearly or whatever will help rinse that away. Well, mm-hmm. Mark pointed out that first off, that yearly thing, you know, you gotta you gotta weigh that a little bit. It really is determined by the quality of your water. You know, for my instance, I've got really hard water. So doing it once a year maybe isn't enough. Right. And Mark even went so far as to say that he thinks when I describe my problem, mm-hmm. you know, I made all the sounds. Have you ever done that with your car? Oh, gosh. It's doing the <laughs> gunk, g-gunk, go gunk, gunk. So I'm trying to do the gurgling sound. Can and I hear
1: the gurgle? Are you going to do the gurgle? I'm not going to do it
2: the way he laughed at me. I'm not doing that again. He said that he thinks that what my problem was was something that he calls popping. And what's going on is that there's water boiling under a layer of calcium buildup hmm. because I've got such hard water. There's calcium in there. And he said in that instance, flushing it likely isn't going to do a whole lot unless there's a way for me to get in there and break up that calcium deposit. Wow, it's just it's too big. big. Yeah. Right. And I know he's dead on right with that because I had tried when I first... Ran into this gurgling. I tried flushing it. Like you know, I did what you did. I looked mm-hmm. online, flush it, and all I got was clean water out of it. No sediment. I was really disappointed. Huh. Yeah, I was really excited to see a bunch of junk coming out. <laughs> got nothing. So anyway, in my situation, flushing it probably isn't going to help. And what I need to do is take a step back and probably contact a water treatment expert who can come and analyze and make some recommendations. We've had Gordon Water on the show, and they've talked about. In fact, when I've described my situations, he said, I need, without even looking at my problem, mm-hmm. he said, I need a soft a water softener and that will help a lot. So okay, if you got hard water, deal with it, deal with it because letting it go can impact all kinds of different things down the road. And yeah, cause, not
1: just the hot water heater. Right.
2: A lot of different problems and a lot of expense. So I do need to dig into that. That's something to to pay attention to. The flushing isn't going to just make that go away instantly. Right. Yeah. Now, the idea that I think you can come away with from what we just talked about is that flushing may not help, but it certainly can't hurt, right? Sure. So I might as yeah. well flush it anyway. Even just if, to be safe. Just to be safe. Well, here's the fun thing with that. That's not necessarily right.
1: Oh, good. <laughs> yeah,
2: it can hurt. And Mark pointed that out. This was, And this was, I think, the most interesting part of this whole conversation. He was saying that the drain valves on hot water heaters are notoriously cheap. And when you flush the water, there's a really good chance that the valve is going to plug up or not close when you're done. Not close when you're done. Yes, I've been there, unable to close it. And what do you do? You get really nervous. You sweat (laughs) a lot. (laughs) You yell at a lot of people. And then you keep trying and eventually it mind closed. Right. So it's a real pain. So you could actually think you're being proactive. Right. And cause a problem, which is exactly what I was weighing in the basement a couple years ago when I tried to do this. Here I am doing basic maintenance, and I've just caused a problem. I would just
1: not do it at that point. Well,
2: once I got it solved, I decided never to touch it again. Well, what Mark recommends is that the next time you have a plumber out to the house for anything, go ahead and have them take a look at that valve on the hot water heater and have them install a three-quarter inch port ball valve with a hose adapter and a cap. And mm. then you can flush the hot water heater whenever you need to. No problems. I recommend that while they're doing that, you also have them check the shutoff valve for the hot water oh, heater. right. Mine didn't work. Yeah. And it corroded over time and it just it wouldn't seal. And that's not uncommon. I had to go and shut the main off in order to get the water to stop going to the well, hot he water didn't heater. didn't
1: realize it right away either. When you were cleaning up this water, it kept coming without you realizing because you had shut off the valve thinking it's Think, done. Yeah,
2: I thought I had solved my problem and now I just got to clean it up. No, it kept pouring, pouring, pouring out until I went to the main. Yeah. And then it finally slowed down over time. So have them look at both of those things while you've got a plumber out for maybe another project. It's a relatively inexpensive way to get some of these things fixed and in place. Definitely something to think about. One last thing that I'll mention before we take a break and go to the next segment is they installed a water alarm. Oh, yeah. We've talked about them on the show. Basically, it's a smoke detector for water. Think about it that way. I know that doesn't make sense.
1: It senses water. Yes. And then it makes an alarm.
2: (laughs) Yes. It's not going to do anything for smoke. Right. (laughs) You have something else for that. But it's super inexpensive. They're battery powered, most of them. And you could put them anywhere. You know, I've got one by the hot water heater. I'm going to get one for upstairs by the washer and dryer. Not oh, really yeah. so much for the yeah. dryer, good, <laughs> but for the washer, <laughs> because it will tip you off right off the bat the minute you might have a problem. And the quicker you can catch these water problems, the, the better. better. Yeah. Now, all right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to go back to the laundry room and we're going to focus on the dryer because it's kind of been ignored.
1: Feeling all left out.
0: Yeah. We're going to get to that in just a minute. Stick around. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM.
2: Well, Haley, this time of year, one of the one of the things that really comes out, especially in our little studio here, mm-hmm. and you're going to get to experience it. I well, I guess you experienced, no, I experienced it experienced last it year a little bit. Yeah, the air gets so dry, and static becomes a major issue. Every time I hop off my little chair, I get. Almost. Just what
1: an image. Dip- Every time I hop off of a
2: chair. <laughs> I, I should explain. I have a great big tall raised chair. Yes,
1: it's, it's a high chair.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not like a normal chair. I, right. Oh, no wonder gosh. people when they meet me say, well, you're not quite as short as we thought. <laughs> it's because of my own problem. I paint a bad picture. Anyway, when I hop off of my super tall raised chair and touch anything metal, I get a debilitating static shock.
1: Yeah, you're pretty dramatic about it. Yes.
2: We were laughing about that the other day, and you talked about that you have the same problem at home.
1: Yeah. My hair gets staticky. My cat gets staticky. (laughs) Burger's getting like charged up every time I pet him. Poor cat's getting trained not to get pet now because he's getting shocked every time. (laughs) But yeah, it's just super dry, and obviously humidifiers help a lot with that, but The clothes in the dryer. I think I've got a fix for because when I pull clothes out of the dryer right now, they're like stuck together. Right. You can like peel them apart and hear the crackle.
2: Do it in the dark. It's like a light show. Oh yeah, actually pretty cool. That's but it is a pain in the neck, and you've got a fix for it. I do. And I was kind of intrigued because it's something that I use, but I'm not using them correctly. (laughs) Nor am I understanding why I'm using them. I found I've got the right tools. I just don't understand them at all. So Dryer dryer balls. balls.
1: Yes. The wool dryer balls is what we're talking about. And they're basically just wool, tightly compacted in a ball form, and you throw them in the dryer. Like seven, I think, is typical for a regular load of laundry. And
2: that's my first mistake. I bought them in packs of three, and I have three. Okay. So I use three or two or one, depending on... If I found yeah, them, yeah, the
1: one's not going to do much. I yes, yeah. I
2: thought it was doing amazing things, but maybe not. It well, needs I friends. Could
1: never imagine what they would do. I've seen these in the stores for years yep. and never understood why I would throw a wool ball into the dryer. I already have wool clothes in there. <laughs> Lots what? of us
2: don't know why we do it.
1: Why? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you figured it out.
1: I did. I did some research and I figured out what they actually do. And the first thing is that they reduce the dry time. So that right off the bat is going to help reduce some of the static because they're spending less time in the dryer. But they do that because you're adding, you know, seven balls into the dryer with your clothes. They're getting mixed up with these wet clothes. They're helping to separate them, creating these air pockets, basically. Mm -hmm. And that makes the airflow better inside of the dryer.
2: All right, so th- that's my big problem. I don't use enough. Yes. If I used more, and to me, that's even bigger uh, a bigger benefit than the static oh, reduction is just the reducing the dry time. Yeah. Because that's what kills me with laundry is waiting for the dryer. Yeah. The washer goes super lickety split, but then it piles up waiting for the dryer. It's true. So I'm going to get more dryer balls, and yeah. that will reduce the dry time. But y- that
1: also extends the life of the clothing. Yeah. So... The less time that they're in that superheated air, the better it is for them. And again, because those dryer balls are reducing the dry time, it actually extends the life of our clothing.
2: So that's cool.
1: Really cool.
2: What other things did they do? Because there's a couple other really cool things yet.
1: They're reducing-
2: the Did s- you hear my voice? Yeah. You're not going to even <laughs> say gonna, anything? I'm not going to
1: say anything. <laughs> All right. We've been right past that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Got my little chair, my cracky little <laughs> voice. Someday I'll be a real boy.
1: Oh, poor Dan. Yeah. Um, no, but they reduce the static like we talked about. And they, you know, we said that they reduce the dry time so that helps, but the other reason they're reducing the static is because that wool is really absorbent. Mm-hmm. They're actually wicking moisture away from the clothes that are in there and holding on to some of that as they're in the dryer throughout the dry time and that's increasing the humidity inside of the dryer. They're and like that little reduces the static.
2: humidifiers. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're that's so how we cute. reduce <laughs> That's how we reduce the humidity or the static here in a room. That's the concept that's yes. at play in the dryer with these dryer balls. So that's super cool.
1: The other thing, I mean, there's- They're the like list miracle on tools. I know. I can't believe, I mean, now I feel silly for not understanding the magic of the dryer ball because they do yeah, so much. You're
2: a rookie. It's a rookie move.
1: I guess so. I mean, you're using one, but that's okay. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's an advanced dryer ball.
1: Anyways, the other thing that they do that's really cool is they attract things inside of the dryer,
2: like so, the coins and stuff that we drop in. I don't, not that stuff. Not
1: that stuff. You've got to deal with that. Anyway. Yeah, I do. But the pet hair, the dander, the human hair, all the stuff we don't want to think about on our clothing—they're pulling it away. But back. where
2: does it go? Where do they?
1: It like go attaches with it. to the ball. So if I would chuck that ball it.
2: at one of the children. Just for fun, in a in a moment of frivolity, I'm I'm smacking them with dander. Yeah, that's kind of funny.
1: That's a little do you have funny. to wash
2: your dryer balls?
1: Huh? No, that's a question. Well,
2: we'll dig into that. Yeah. Now I know there's a smell thing too. Yet.
1: Well, yeah. So this is another one of the big benefits, at least for me, because this is always a fight with Jordan. He really loves dryer sheets because they add the fresh scent to the clothes in the dryer. I hate them because my skin is really sensitive. So we've got to find very specific dryer sheets. Sure. Or at least I have to find really specific (laughs) dryer sheets because he won't spend the time to look. And then I've got itchy skin. It's not fun. So how
2: do these fix that?
1: You can add essential oils to them. So they're wool, right? We talked about them being absorbent. You just put a couple drops on there, and then they're releasing a scent that's chemical-free.
2: Look at that. Dryer balls. Who'd have thought? more Dryer balls. We'll put a link in the show notes. If you don't know what we're talking about, go there, check it out. They're inexpensive. Yeah. Might be a great fix for you. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're talking about stain matching and some of the obstacles that you could run into on the way. That's all next. Stay tuned.
0: If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Like Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost. On news radio, Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, we're back. I'm in my chair again. I climbed on my little step stool oh so I could get up
2: here. Slid across the seat. Now I'm uh, all static charged up again. Yeah, good. Looking for metal to touch so I can have a reaction. <laughs> we'll get our humidifier, Steven, going.
1: Yeah, Steven. Yeah. We haven't turned him on this year. No,
2: not yet, but... We need to. We will. Anyway, right now, let's talk about a trip. You and I made a road trip last week to our store in Goshen, Indiana. And it's a little-known fact, I think, most people out here in West Michigan...
1: Yeah, I have no idea that we've got a store down there.
2: ...aren't aware that we've got a store in Amish country, and Snyder Paints is the name of it, and they sell paint and supplies just like our stores do, you know, to people doing projects like that. But they also largely service the Amish furniture industry down there.
1: Yeah, it's always a really fun trip when we go because there's a lot of horse-drawn carriages and little horses everywhere. Tiny, tiny horses.
2: Are they the Shetland Pony ones? yeah. Oh, man, I want to ride. I don't know, but I just want to ride them. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think I'd be like a real cowboy on one of those.
1: I really want to go in one of the carriages. I've never been in a horse-drawn carriage. I mean, that's pretty fancy.
2: I have... The one that I was in, the horse had intestinal distress. Oh good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's like the Seinfeld episode with Kramer's feeding the
2: horse stuff. (laughs) Yes. It was it well, the kids thought it was hilarious. But it, it yeah, it wore thin after a while, I guess. Moving let's on. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I got stuck on that. What a surprise. Yeah, let's talk about what we want to talk about because we went down for a very specific reason to visit the store. And see, we've got a wood finish show coming up, uh, like a big home expo in yep, Indiana. Exactly. Every year, the whole furniture industry down there, are lots of people come down to visit this and we always set up a big booth. Haley and I are charged with Creating that space.
1: Yeah, and we're and... making a video this year, kind of going through some of the services that Snyder Paints offers. And we wanted to take some video of Greg Smucker, the manager down there, matching Stains. He's a genius at this stuff.
2: Right. He's been doing it for years. Like Haley says, he's remarkably good. And in the booth, we want to highlight, you know, some of what Snyder does and all of that to the customers. And what was really interesting is that we've both worked with Stains, you and I, for years and years. Yeah. Greg's worked with them for years. Right. But even then, with all of that experience, it's true. <laughs> in this instance where we're trying to make this video, we came away that there are a number of things that you still need to be aware of, no matter how good you are. Yeah,
1: it could be the first time or the hundredth time you've got to stay aware of these things because right. they're easy mistakes to make with stain.
2: And it all boils down to this. If you're working with stain, you know, staining wood, staining oak, staining poplar, whatever you're staining, you've got to remember that stain doesn't function like paint. A paint match Is a match, regardless.
1: Exactly. Stains are really sensitive, Really sensitive. Really touchy. (laughs) Yeah, they're
2: affected by the type of wood you put them on. They're affected by the way you apply them to the wood. They're affected by how that wood has been prepared. There's just a lot going on. And Greg ran into some of these things himself while we were filming. And so we thought, let's just take a segment and talk about some of these things. And the first one that we want to dig into is this, how the type of wood dramatically affects the color of your stain. And we've talked about it on the show for years now.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the most basic thing to consider if you're coming in for stain. Even if you're not getting something matched, you've got to understand that oak is going to take stain differently than pine. Pine is going to take it differently than poplar.
2: Even red oak is going to take stain differently from white oak. On and on and yeah. on and on. So it's really important to remember when you're coming in for a stain match, mm-hmm. particularly, that you want to bring a sample of the wood you're working on, the actual piece. You know, we may have samples in the store. We may have scraps of oak sitting around yeah. or scraps of pine.
1: But our oak might not stain like your oak does. Right. It's and crazy. we could
2: go through all of that work, get a match that looks great on the piece that we have. You get home and apply it to your piece and it might not look good at all. So the very first thing is to remember that. The wood really matters. And if the color is gonna matter to you and you're not just looking for, you know, a a medium tone brown that's gonna blend in. It's
1: really gonna be a match. If
2: the color matters, bring in a sample of that wood. You may have to go and buy the wood ahead of time, cut off a couple straps bring them into us, and then we can make sure that you're getting the best match possible.
1: Exactly. That's
2: the first way in which stains are sensitive.
1: How you apply the stain can dramatically affect the color, too. Stains are typically brushed or ragged on, right, and then it's kind of, to some extent, wiped off. Mm-hmm. And applying it heavier or light, wiping it too often or too late, all of that affects the final look of the stain
2: right now in our situation greg applied a stain he'd worked on a match so we could film that he applied the stain to the wood and then he got busy looking for something i forget what it was couldn't
1: find his glass i don't know something wandered
2: off and came back just a couple minutes later but he was concerned when he came back that he had spent too long away from the stain and that he'd left it on too long and he had when we got to actually looking at it and comparing it to the match that he was shooting for It had been left on too long and now it looked way too dark and the same thing happens in reverse on projects. I've talked to a number of customers who've gone home with a match, they apply the stain and they wipe it off too quickly. And sure. they're they're really concerned because it's way light, way too light. What do we need to do? Well, it's all about leaving it on a little longer in those situations. It's just important to understand that how There's you apply process. it right yeah. dramatically affects the color. You don't just have this can that's the perfect color ready to go. And then that's it. And that's it. The second part paint. of that is yeah. applying it the right way. Yeah. So that's another way in which stains are sensitive. There's one more that we're going to focus on, and that's all about how you prepare the wood before staining and how that can affect the color as well.
1: Yeah, because we typically sand wood before staining it for a number of reasons. It provides a, you know even, sound surface to work on. It opens up the pores of the wood to receive the stain as evenly as possible. Other times, you use a finer grit sandpaper like a 220 to close the pores off a little bit, and so it won't take as much of the stain, leaving it a little bit lighter for you.
2: Right. Whatever you end up doing with all of that, the key is to be consistent because if you mix methods, mm-hmm. mix different grits of sandpaper, you could end up with different colors even on the same types of wood. Yeah. Now, we saw this with Greg because for this video, you know, going to tip people off to the video magic here. <laughs> Greg matched the colors way ahead of time when there's no pressure of video. Right. So he had everything figured out. He had the formulas written down. And when we filmed, all you he's going to do. Right. Yes. He's going to just duplicate what he already did. So anyway, what, what he found is that this first sample that he made, the, the original match, yep. he sanded everything. With 180 grit sandpaper. He sanded all his wood. The color came out beautifully. He's good to go. Perfect. So we come with the camera. Greg forgot that he'd used 180 grit on that wood. Sanded the new piece for the video with 120 grit. And there you go. Opened up the pores of the wood just a little bit more. The same color. Took way darker all of a sudden. And he ended up with on video.
1: Yeah, he was so frustrated to demonstrate
2: <laughs> all of his great matching abilities. The video captures something that doesn't look the best, Poor all Greg. because of using a different method or a different grit for sanding that wood. So, with all of that in mind, like we said, you've got to be consistent.
1: Exactly. If you're gonna start with a 180, you've got to keep using a 180, or else it's gonna change.
2: Now, those are a few issues that even experts can run into on a staining project. The big thing we want to talk about or end with right now is just how do you avoid them? And first off, as we already mentioned at the, at the beginning, if you're coming in for a stain match, bring the right wood with you when you come. Make sure that you've got wood from the project you're going to be tackling. Yeah. And we'll make sure that we get a match on that piece. Next, make sure you've got the right info.
1: Yeah. When you're picking up your stain match, you have to ask some questions. You know, how long did they leave the stain on for? What grit sandpaper did they use if they sanded the wood? You've got to understand the full process they used to get this color on the wood. Right.
2: So talk to the people at the counter. A lot of the times we'll go through all of that. Sure. In fact, I'd say most of the time we will. But you want to make sure that you understand it.
1: Yeah. Maybe write it down because this is really easy to forget kind of stuff. You know. Right. What did they say? 20 or 30, you know?
2: And we work with people of all varying levels of of abilities and people who've done these things tons of times and people who are brand new at it. So don't worry if you don't understand some terminology. We're not going to think you're, I mean, good grief.
1: They work with the Uh, uh, (laughs) (laughs)
2: Thank you. I didn't know how to go with that, but that's really what I'm getting at. Yeah, they're they're used to working with me. You can ask them anything. It'll be be okay. So just make sure you've got the right info. Another thing you can do, and really we recommend strongly, is practice. Make sure that you're testing this out on pieces of wood in your home, before you jump onto the the final project, make sure you understand how it's applying and you can duplicate what we did in the stores.
1: Exactly. And then once you've got your target to make sure that you're constantly comparing what you're working on to that original target, because it's really easy to start getting off track a little bit.
2: It happens. We've had that happen plenty of times where they had the sample. It was perfect. They put that somewhere else, stained up all the woodwork, Mm -hmm. and turned out they wiped it off too soon and they never clued in because they never compared it back to that sample, that target piece.
1: Right. It's easy to catch if you've got it with you.
2: Yeah. Make sure you've got the target around. All right. There are all kinds of things that we can help you with in the stores at Repco Light and Port City Paints and Snyder Paints if you're in the Goshen area to get the right color on your next stain project. Don't be scared off by it. Just be aware of some of these things and ask the right questions. All right. We're going to take a break and we're going to wrap up the show talking about the contest and we're going to focus on one of the big prizes that Haley's really excited about.
1: Yes, I'm very excited about this one. All
2: right. That's all coming up in just a minute. Stick around.
0: If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 106.9 FM. Well, Haley, we got a little bit of snow this past week. You were excited.
2: I'm so excited about it. Yeah, my daughter was excited. My youngest was outside dancing in the yard at 10 o'clock one night, and I was taking pictures, you know, because it was funny. She was having a big time. She came in, and I was showing her the pictures, and that's when I realized she was out there with bare feet. What? Yeah, what kind of father lets their child go out in the <laughs> Who yard? goes in the... out
1: in the yard with bare feet when it's snowing anyway? Is that her. A child.
2: That's on her. Oh, yeah. Well, feet I've done that steel. plenty of times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. When I have like- I wear
1: slippers sh- in the house. I
2: mean- <laughs> <laughs> One time. Yeah, most people do. I don't do it much. I'm sure lots of people just sneak out there like to get the mail or something barefoot right no. I did that last year in the snow and that was the first year I made use of you know the the, the grocery delivery service oh sure you know yep. where you could buy your groceries and they bring them to your door and one day I'm waiting for the person to come and I'm kind of watching out the window and I see them walking up to put the, the groceries at the doorstep and they're staring at the ground <laughs> and I thought what are, what are they looking at what's out there awesome. and when they were gone I went to I- investigate and it's yeah. little frozen bare yeah. footprints in the snow from me. <laughs> So, yeah, my, my daughter comes oh, by it naturally. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, the snow, the, 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 the fun of that. A lot of people hate snow. This time of year, I think everybody's still pretty excited about it.
1: I, yeah, I hope so, because there's a lot of fun to be had with snow. And
2: that's what we want to talk about. This whole segment is going to be built around our contest mm-hmm. that we're running in the stores. Ends December 20 at 11.59. That's the last minute you're going to be able to put entries into this contest and have a chance to win over $1,000 worth of really cool things that we'll explain at the end of this segment. But right now we want to highlight one of those prizes because I don't think just giving the name of it – Really conveys the the the. No, I think you could get the wrong
1: idea about it too. Because so originally it was called the Muskegon Winter Sports Complex, and that sounds sort of accessible. Now the name is the Muskegon Luge Sports Adventure Park, which might make you feel like you've got to be really into extreme luge sports to go have fun at this place. And that's not the case.
2: Right. So what we're giving away is a $250 value family season pass.
1: Yep. With an equipment rental included.
2: Right. So what you can do with this season pass at this, what we were calling the Muskegon Winter Sports Complex, which is now the Muskegon Luge Sports Adventure Park, with the season pass that we're giving away, you will be able to, with your family, up to six people, You'll have free rentals if you want to go cross-country skiing.
1: You could ice skate through ice the skate woods
2: on the wood through the woods, not on the woods. Not on them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do that. It's ice skate through the woods, and you're going to talk about that in yep. a minute. And you can also snowshoe if exactly. you want to luge. That's extra.
1: It is, So that's not
2: a part of this season pass, but it's still a really cool part of this park. It's a
1: different ticket. There's like a whole class involved. I actually did this last year. I did the luge, and it's pretty intense.
2: Right, and that's what we want to talk about because last year you went and experienced this place, Mm -hmm. and you thought it was great, and we actually did a segment where we talked about it and encouraged people to get out there and experience it. But right now, just we don't have tons of time because we've got to give away some hints for the contest, talk about the contest, but I want you to just kind of paint the picture of what it's like out there. Okay. When the snow is down.
1: Yes, when it's snowy. Right, right. I mean, cuz right now I don't know it's how pretty, snowy it's going to be. Pretty tough
2: to luge place. in the dirt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they do have summer luge, but that's on wheels. That's a totally different thing.
2: They have it at this place? Yeah. Oh, really?
1: Oh, yeah. They've got yeah. all kinds of, year-round. They've got really cool stuff going right. so, on. But anyway, winter specific. Winter specific stuff. I think my the most whimsical thing to me about this place is that they have the ice skating. That's on trails that weaves through the woods.
2: Right. When I pictured ice skating. So cool. Yeah, I'm thinking a great big rink where I'm going around in a circle and I'm banging into people, or maybe I've (laughs) got to have one of those little cart things, you know, that you hold in front of you. Oh jeez. Yeah, the last time one of those? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you use the little ramp for the bowling ball too? (laughs) They're so heavy.
2: (laughs) No. No. But yes. It's okay if people need
1: those. That's fine. I
2: have used it. But until I get my feet underneath me. Sure. And then I'm doing well. But... What you've seen and what they offer is not necessarily just a great big rink.
1: No, and they do have the rinks because right. people can play hockey there. There's some pickup games going on usually, but the cool part is this ice skating through the woods. It's totally different. It's really unique, and you've basically got, you know, over two acres of ice, weaved through the woods. So it's five foot wide path, and it's got like a figure eight loop that it makes, Mm -hmm. and you just skate around this.
2: Did you do that when you were there, or you ended up just doing the luge?
1: No, I just did the luge, but I kind of walked through the complex a little bit, Saw everything there was to see, and I think that was the most intriguing. I've never seen anything like that before.
2: All right, so ice skating in the woods that's super cool. A couple other things
1: they've got cross country skiing now, with this, they've got multiple paths that you can take, multiple trails, I should mm-hmm. say. Yeah. And so they're going to range from beginner to expert. So, you, uh, I should you probably start beginner. straight on
2: the on the X, ex- yeah. Uh, yeah, I've never yeah. cross country ski. I haven't
1: either, but it looks fairly straightforward, right? Yeah,
2: I would think so. I think it's a lot of exercise, so yes, that's that's good. Snowshoeing looks super fun to me.
1: Yeah, and again, they've got multiple trails for that too, so you have a range from beginner to expert, depending on you know how much exercise you want, basically. Yeah, I but think that really
2: cool gives an overview of this place. That's what you're getting. You're getting a season pass for your family, six people to go to the Muskegon Winter Sports Complex, or as they now call it, the Muskegon Luge Sports Adventure Park. You'll be able to cross-country ski, ice skate, snowshoe, and you've got an equipment rental for your whole family for the whole season to get you you know, what you need if you don't have the skis or the snowshoes because not lots of us have snowshoes just sitting around.
1: No, and this place is really pretty too. They've got fires lit everywhere so you can kind of have some downtime, warm up by a fire and get back out
2: there. Right, so that's the Muskegon Winter Sports Complex, the Muskegon Luge Adventure Sports Park. Adventure yeah. Park. That's just one part of our huge prize package. The other parts are $300 in games and puzzles from Out of the Box Games, Toys, and Puzzles. We've got a $300 gift certificate to RepcoLite, and a $200 gift certificate to the Bistro Bella Vita, a restaurant in Grand Rapids. Really good. It's kind of my favorite. Haley's favorite. One person is going to win all of that stuff. So those are the great prizes. How do you enter? We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but you need to go to RepcoLite.com or RepcoLite's Facebook page. You'll find an entry form, and there are a number of ways that you can enter. Basically, there are 10 questions.
1: But it's all revolving around one basic question, and that is you're trying to match the right store with the right cardboard cutout because each RepcoLite in Port City Paints and even Snyder down in Goshen has a unique cardboard cutout in their store right now. It's part of their Christmas display. The question is, which store has which cardboard cutout?
2: Right, And they're really fun. Really fun cardboard cutouts. Every one that you get right is five entries into the contest. You don't have to get them all right. If you only know one, get that one filled in because that's still five entries in yeah. a random drawing. You could be the winner at that point. All right. Now, we know that not everybody's going to be able to travel to all these exotic rep locations. locations. <laughs> so, we've got a number of clues to provide. And last week, we gave away three. If you missed it, go catch the podcast. This week, we've got three more. And we're going to start with a clue for the Port City Paints in Muskegon. All right. That seems pretty (laughs) straightforward, right?
1: This one I think people might struggle with, but I think once you see the options, you're going to know exactly who we're talking about. Yes, it's
2: multiple choice, so this shouldn't be too hard. We've got another hint now, and this is for the Byron Center location, our newest store. Here's the hint for the cardboard cutout at Byron Center. Whenever I'm about to do something,
0: I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing.
1: I really hope people know who that is, because this is like classic this
2: character. Yeah, well, and it's certainly words to live by. I think that's something I yeah, should adopt. Yeah, I think adopt. this
1: is good advice. If
2: an idiot would do that, I will not do that thing. I picked the quote Yeah, for this one. I know you did. I sometimes do the idiot thing anyway. All right, that was Byron Center. One last clue, and this is for the Broadmoor store. What do we got here?
1: Uh you just can never pin this guy down. You don't know where he's going to be. Where is he?
2: Perfect. That's all the hints that we've got for this week. Head to repcolite.com or repcolite's Facebook page, find the entry form, and you can fill in the stores we mentioned. From there, Get out, start painting, do whatever you need to do. Get to multiple Repco Lights, Find Call these a other friend.
1: Ones. You know, someone might live right next door to one. Maybe your friend is a painter and yeah, they visit RepcoLite stores. need network,
2: get creative, get these entries filled out. And like I said, you've got till December 20 at 1159. We'll draw the winner on December 21 and go from there. All right, whatever you do today, make sure paint's a part of it. The Repco light and Port City paint stores are open until 3. Waiting to help. I'm Dan Hanson.
1: And I'm Haley Johnson. Thanks for listening.